0: Welcome to Kingdom Perspective Broadcast, the teaching ministry of Dr. David Obaga. We believe that this message is going to open up the seals and cause you to have a deeper revelation into the Word of God that will make you see beyond the latest in the Word. Here is Dr. David. If I, your holy name, and we appreciate you for your goodwill. We just ask God for insight this evening into your word, in Jesus' name. Amen. Alright, so we continue with our study on Biblical Language and Numbers, and this is going to be part number two. Biblical Language and Numbers, and this is part number two. And um, we're going to be dealing with the number three, and maybe the number four number three and number four but let's start with number three now the word free the Hebrew word actually means harmony harmony new life and completeness the Hebrew word is shalos free in Hebrew means shalos And it means harmony, new life, and completeness. The number appears in the Bible for about 467 times. Number 3, that's the word Shalos, appears in the Bible 467 times. Now we already know that two is the number of witnesses in legal matters. If a case is to be established, we need two witnesses. We already said that, but for now. Now number three comes to give strength to number two. It kind of strengthens number two. For here, you see the word says, "At the mouth of two or three witnesses." So three comes to establish and give strength to number two. At the mouth of two or three witnesses, two already a case is established. The third witness gives strength. In legal matters. So, number three, therefore, is used to establish or represent intensity, emphasis, or other strength. Intensity, emphasis, or other strength. Where or two or three are gathered. Together at the mouth of two or three witnesses, that every case be established. So, like I said, three is giving strength to number two, and it's basically for intensity to intensify that which already established. It speaks of emphasis to give strength, it speaks of added strength to what's already there. And like I said it stands for harmony and wholeness Harmony and wholeness Praise the Lord Are you there? Okay so You look at Ecclesiastes chapter 4 and verse 12 And the word says And if anyone prevail against him Shall withstand him And a three-fourth card Is not quickly broken A three-fourth card Is not quickly broken Hallelujah That is got to remove the echo Praise the Lord A three-fourth card Is not easily broken Amen Right, so here is an emphasis Now we're going to look at some of the, the way Jesus actually used the scripture here um, Let's look at the book of Matthew 26 verse 34 Jesus using this emphasis Matthew 26 verse 34 Jesus said unto him, that's Peter now Verily I say unto thee That this night before the call crow Thou shalt deny me three eyes In other words you are going to deny me three times You get that? In verse 75 the Bible says We go to verse 75 now when Peter finally got to this point, when that little girl came and began to say, You were with Jesus. And then he said, I am not. And for three times he denied Jesus. Right? And so, verse 75 in the Bible now says, And Peter remembered the word of Jesus, which said unto him, Before the cock crow, thou shalt deny me thrice. And he went out and wept bitterly. You see, the point of emphasis three times. You're going to deny me three times. Give strength to the point at which Peter was going to deny Jesus. So, like I said before, it brings emphasis, it brings strength, and it brings wholeness, completeness. Again, you look at John 21, verse 15. John 21 verse 15 Jesus again speaking to Peter on this wise says So when he had done, Jesus said to him, Simon Peter Simon son of Jonas, loveth thou me more than these? He said unto him, Ye Lord thou knowest that I love thee? He said unto him, Feed my lambs. Verse 16, he said to him again, the second time, Simon, son of Jonas, loveth thou me. He said unto him, Lord, ye, Lord, thou knowest that I love thee. He said unto him again, feed my sheep. And verse 17, and he said unto him the third time, Simon, son of Jonas, loveth thou me. Peter was grieved Because he said unto him The third time is thou me And he said unto the Lord Thou knowest all things Thou knowest that I love thee Thou And Jesus said unto him Feed my sheep Praise the living God Are you following that? So this is the way the word is used In scriptures Like I said it brings in emphasis and it brings in strength And it's something that brings in what we call the wholeness Praise the Lord Now we have another beautiful story again How this word is used And uh, we may not be able to read all of that But Acts chapter 10, reading from 1 to 18 You know the story of Cornelius, How that the angel appeared to him And then he went to call Peter And then there was this vision that was coming down to Peter, you remember the story? How many times did it come down? Three times. Did you get that? Yeah. Three times this vision was coming down and then saying, kill and eat. And we know that this is when God was sending, calling us to Peter, but basically that was when God was now bringing the Gentiles into the fold. The point at which God was now turning his attention to the Gentiles And to bring them into the fold So let's look at the thirty alone Of uh, the study, uh, chapter 10 And Colenius said Four days ago I was fasting Until this hour and the night hour I prayed in my house And behold a man stood before me in the bright clothing And said Colineus the prayer is heard The arms are uh, Hand a remembrance in the sight of God Send therefore to Joppa and call he the uh, Simon Who Simon is Peter, he is lodged in the house of one Simon eternal by the seaside Who when he cometh shall speak unto thee Right? Okay, so that was basically the story And then when you go to verse 34 The Bible says Peter opened his mouth and said of a truth I perceive that God is no respect of persons but in every nation, if ye him, I mean, he that feareth him, and work righteousness, is acceptable with him. So that's the conclusion. But when you start reading from the top, you know the story. How that three times this ship, I mean, they, this this basket was coming down. And like I always say, you take time to study the case here. You find that it was tied up on the four quarters, four ages. That will take us to what we are also going to be dealing with in number four. Why is it that the four the basket has four edges? I was tied of. It's representing the four walls or the four quarters of the world. The message was going to go to the four quarters of the world. God will bring in all nations. You understand that because when we go to four, you'll be able to see that precisely. Praise the living God. Okay, now let's take another reading: Isaiah chapter sixty, verse number one. Isaiah 60 verse number 1 In the year that King Uzziah died I saw also the Lord sitting upon a throne high and lifted up and his trail filled the temple. Above his two the seraphims each one had six wings with twain he covered his face and with twain he covered his feet and with twain he did fly. But verse 3 is the key point And one cried unto another and said what? holy." Holy, holy Is the Lord of hosts The whole earth is full of his glory So how many times did they shout there? Three times Right? And this is the intensity Of the holiness of God As revealed In the Father, Son and Holy Spirit Isaiah 61 I read I mean Isaiah 6 right up From S1 to 3 Are we there? Good Right Holy, holy, holy Lord God Almighty Are you done with me? Right The intensity of the Father, the Son and the Holy Spirit That's what you see there That's why it's three times So it's like saying one holy is for the Father, another holy For the Son, another holy For the Holy Spirit The triunity Amen? Praise the Lord. Alright. Okay, so that's that again. I'm trying to make you see, I'm giving you scriptures that speaks of the intensity. So for instance, if the Lord is speaking certain things to you, and it's coming up three times as the case may be, then you know precisely God is saying some things to you. You need to go study what God is saying, and then you'll be able to know precisely what God is talking about. Like this night God was speaking to me using number 72. And I have been able to understand what God was trying to say I'm trying to dig into what God is saying because The first thing you realize about the issue of Numbers 72 for instance Was In the book of Numbers Moses called for 72 elders To come to the temple, you remember that? Very good And what's the next thing that happened? Two, made out and dead did not come So 70 came, then I have 72 Right? And then you come to the New Testament You find Jesus calling out 72 disciples or so To go ahead of him (laughs) You see what I'm saying there So you begin to go and study Then you'll be able to see God has certain things in mind that he's talking about It's an instruction was given to me this night And I don't know because we are studying numbers now He's beginning to deal with me more On numbers You see so if giving you for instance something about 3 then you need to go take a study Is that okay? Right You need to go take a study And even if you look at when he was going to up the mountain He called 70 elders Right? And Aaron and his son They went up Again you are going to find 72 Right? Are you following what I am saying there? Good So, this is the way God works with his, I mean There is nothing, as a matter of fact. you take time to study You have the type and the anti-type What you find Like in the Old Testament And you find the fulfillment In the New Testament So if you are getting for instance number 3 You begin to go study What is God saying By implication God is trying to Emphasize to you The need for you to do something Or to hear something Or to understand something So we speak about number 3 to mean intensity It speaks about Completeness, is that okay? Right. And wholeness. Praise the living God. Okay, let's look at something again in Isaiah 21, verse number 27. Isaiah 21, verse number 27. And I love this one so much. Isaiah 21, 27. Ezekiel 21, 27. I'm sorry. Ezekiel 21, 27. Hallelujah. Uh, we overturn, overturn, overturn it, and it shall be no more. Until he who comes right, it is, and I will give it him. What do you think Ezekiel was talking about here? Are uh, we overturned, overturn, overturn it? And it shall be no more. What shall be no more? Right? Until he until he comes, whose right it is this? And I will give it to him. Whose right it is? Whose right it is? Hallelujah. I remember my early days, and there was a the brother preaching from this scripture. And, and he was trying to talk about how God is going to. Overturn certain things. Well, it's applicable. Maybe you're going through some process, and you're failing, and failing, and failing, and then you come to the point, and then you get the answer, or God give you what you want. Well, it's fine. But here he's using the word "he," that means talking about somebody. Is that okay? Are we overturned? What he means to say here is: Are we completely destroy the Jewish government? I'll give full destruction to the Jewish government, to the leadership of Israel. Right? The word overturn is used here three times, it's repeated here three times to point out. I mean, according to the rabbis, the three conquests of Jerusalem in which Joachim, Jeconiah, and Zedekiah were overthrown. So what he's dealing with there in the book of Ezekiel. Is the number of times The leadership or the government of Israel Was going to be overthrown And then he's going to give it to the person Who is supposed to be the leader So here we find The overthrow of Joachim The overthrow of Jeconiah And the overthrow of Zedekiah And then whose right it was To become the leader Is another person that he said We hand it over to you So who is that going to be David, because all of this is in the lineage of David. Right? But not just David in person, about Christ. Are you getting that? Good. So when he said I will overturn, I will overthrow, I overturn, these are the three times that the leadership of the government of Jerusalem was overthrown. And so here is to end the dynasty of King David in the human flesh. For his spiritual son to come into position, that's what he's talking about here. Now let's look at Genesis forty-nine, verse number ten, for instance. Genesis forty-nine, verse number ten. So here he says, "The scepter shall not depart from Judah, nor a lawgiver from between his feet, until Shiloh come, and unto him shall the gathering of the people." be. Shiloh here is talking about Christ himself. Did you get that? Right. Until Shiloh come. So there will be this gathering coming in until Shiloh come. Now look at Luke chapter 1 verse 32. Luke chapter 1 verse 32. He shall be great, talking about Christ now, I shall be called the son of the highest And the Lord God shall give unto him The throne of his father David This is it now And he shall reign over the house of Jacob forever And his kingdom There shall be what? No end So I will overthrow, overthrow, and overthrow And then I will give it to him Whose right it is So whose right is it? It's Christ Christ are we together? Yeah So the overthrow Which is repeated three times Is talking about the completeness My implication after that Christ comes into the place so That's why we say Number three speaks of completeness a Wholeness Praise the Lord We can read the same thing in the book of Jeremiah 23 verse 5 and And here God said Behold, the days come, saith the Lord, that I will raise unto David a righteous branch. Remember, Jacob Ezekiel, they are all in the lineage of David. A righteous branch. And a king shall reign and prosper, and shall execute judgment and justice in the earth. In his days, Judah shall be saved, and Israel shall dress safely. And this is his name, whereby he shall be called the Lord our righteousness. And who is our righteousness? Christ First Corinthians chapter 1 verse 30 tells you that He'll Be made unto us what? Righteousness Praise the living God Are we there? Alright So Somebody like Nathan was able to pick this uh, When he saw Jesus For instance And so when you look at John chapter 1 verse 49 You see Nathan making this statement Nathan answered and said unto him Rabbi Thou are the son of God Thou are the king of Israel So it's confirming all of those prophecies Right from Ezekiel 21 Jeremiah 23 All of those prophecies And so by the time Jesus spoke And then Nathan saw who he was He said it's like saying This is the fulfillment of the prophecies That the scriptures already offer us Thou are the king of Israel Praise the living God So essentially Number three is the number of God He speaks of that which is solid Again Perfect Is the number of God Essentially number three is the number of God He speaks of that which is what? Solid And that which is perfect So for instance For you to have a solid object Like a cube You're going to have length. Brandnt and height. Am I right? If you have a cube, a perfect square, isn't it? What do you have? I mean, length, breadth and height. that is a cube. That makes it solid. So three speaks of that which is solid. Solidity. Praise the Lord. Perfect, solid. All right. Two is a square. Why three is a cube? So, three stands for that which is real, substantial, complete, and active. Three speaks of—I can just put it this way for you now. It speaks of that which is solid, right? He speaks of that which is perfect. It speaks of that which is real. It talks about substantial. It talks about what is complete and active. Complete and active. That means there is force in it, there is power in it. Praise the Lord. So, all things that should be seen to be complete and perfect have the full seal of number 3. So when you say something, is, I mean something emphasized or you come to number 3, you are talking of something that is perfect, is complete, is solid. I mean, you can bet your life on it. Praise the Lord. If you look at the attributes of God, here we have I mean by the way God revealed Himself in the dimensions, you're going to have omnipresence, omniscience, and omnipotence. This word describes God. Are you are you following what I'm talking about? Right. Omnipresent, omniscient, omnipotent. That's God. Perfect, solid, complete. The three dimensional attributes of God. If you want to talk about time, for instance, you have past, present, future, that gives you time, huh? time frame, past, present, and what, future, alright, so, this with the completeness of time. Similarly, man's capacity, for instance, is summed up in thoughts, ways, and actions. The capacity of a man Is built on wealth. I mean thought First of all you have to have the thought, Thought, words and then Action That gives you The capacity of a man The strength of a man Praise the living God Are you there with me? So We have For example you talk about things like Kingdoms Basically, you have the animal kingdom, you have the vegetable kingdom, and then you have the mineral kingdom. Three. Did you get that? You, you need to see the way God structured things in creation and in the world. So, you want to talk about kingdom? Like I said, you're going to talk about the animal kingdom, the vegetable kingdom, and what? The mineral kingdom. Three. Perfect. So again we said three speaks of divine perfection. as it a number that proclaims equality, reality, I mean that which is real, essential substance and divine completeness. That's what I said before. Praise the Lord. Even if you look at man, as a human being The full expression of that which makes up a man Is found in First Thessalonians chapter 5 verse 23 And what do you find there? 1 Thessalonians chapter 1 I mean chapter 5 verse 23 There you're going to have Spirit, soul and body Three just like you have God, how many present, many signs, how many potent. Man is spirit, soul, and body. Three dimensions. And that gives you a complete man. You can't have a man without spirit, you can't have a man without the body, you can't have a man without the soul. So if you say the man is complete, you have spirit, soul, and body. Are we there? Right. Now, all this thing I'm sharing with you is for you to pick up The fact that if if you begin to experience certain things Like I said, that are coming in three eyes You know God is putting a seal upon that thing So again, if for example you have a dream And it's repeating itself three times Then you know that God is perfecting He's putting a seal on that thing which He wants to do So you need to study what God is saying Based on that particular dream, and you are double sure because it comes in three times, the answer is going to come, God is going to fulfill it. Praise the Lord. Are we there? Again, if you look at the book of Number, for instance, Number chapter 6, verse 23 and 24, there you see God manifesting his blessing in three dimensions again. Numbers 623. Hallelujah Speak unto Aaron And unto his son saying unto this wife You shall bless the children of Israel Saying unto them The Lord make his face shine upon thee One And be glorious unto thee Two The Lord be thy a candidate upon thee And give thee peace Three dimensions of blessing Can you see that? Praise the Lord. The first one there is His face should shine upon thee. Two, He should be gracious unto thee. Three, He should give you peace. There are three dimensional blessings that God said they should bless the people of Israel. Praise the living God. But I want to read a very interesting. Passage also that Every one of us have read that before Go with me to Genesis chapter 18 Genesis 18 And I want to see something the very beautiful here That will shock you Verse 1 And the Lord Appeared unto him That is unto Abraham In the plains of Mamre and he sat in the tent In the heat of the day Go to verse 2 And he lifted up his eyes And he looked and lo Three men stood by him And when he saw them He ran to meet them from the door Of the tent door And by himself towards the ground Wait a minute Look at verse 1 What do you see verse 1 The Lord Are you with me? But when you come to verse 2, what do you see? Three men. (laughs) Holy, holy, holy. Are you seeing it there? Praise the living God. Okay. Go to verse 13. And the Lord said unto Abraham, Wherefore they said, Allah, saying, Shall I. Of a shoddy bear a child which I'm old. And the Lord said, again, look at verse 17. Verse 17. And the Lord said, Shall I hide from Abraham that which I do? Go to verse 20. And the Lord said, because the cry of Sodom and Gomorrah is great, and because their sin is very grievous. Verse twenty one I will go down now and see whether they have done altogether according to the city of it, with the cry of it, which is come unto me, and if not, I will know. And then the last verse Which is verse 33 that I want to show you And the Lord Went his way As soon as he had left Communion with you, With Abraham And Abraham returned unto his place Can you get that? And the Lord left The Lord came to Abraham But when he looked He saw three men Are you getting what I'm saying here? So it's like you're talking about Father, Son and Holy Spirit But they are one They are not two people They are not three people It's one person manifesting in three personality. I don't think he says to you Praise the Lord I think we said this last week, I'm sure Remember that? Good yeah. So here is God. Bible says, "And the Lord appeared unto Abraham." But when he looked up, he saw three men. Praise the living God. So this is the completeness, if you will, again the fullness of God manifesting Himself to Abraham as Father, as Son, and Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. Amen. Okay. Um again three actually speaks of the fullness of the divinity of God. But before then, remember if you look at the scripture, God spoke or called Jesus, my beloved son, three times. You remember that? Good. Three times he said, this my beloved son in whom are well pleased. He gave emphasis, intensity, completeness, substantial, real, perfect. So it's like he was putting a seal of approval and perfection on him when he began to use the word, this my beloved son in whom are well pleased. Three times. Praise the living God. And just like I said, three is the fullness of God in terms of the divine nature, His divinity. And so, when we look at Ephesians 3, verse 19, Ephesians 3, verse 19, what we find there is, and to know the love of Christ with passing knowledge, that you might be filled with all the fullness of God. And that way you go to Ephesians 4.13, it says, We all come in the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God unto a perfect man, unto the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. Then when you look at Colossians 2 verse 9, You said, For in him dwelleth all the fullness of the Godhead bodily. Praise God. So, the fullness of the divinity of God is number three. Expressed through God, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. So the Holy Spirit reveals all of the fullness of God to us in a tangible way. Other than Christ making Him physically present, the Holy Spirit is what perfecting everything that the fullness of God represents. That gives you number three again. The Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen? So we see that the invisible God's fullness was manifested visibly to us in Christ, Fully revealed by what? The Holy Spirit. Praise the living God. We can go on and on as touching number three. But I'm thinking we just move on to number four. Otherwise, as I have a few things I can share with you here. Uh, I don't know what to say right here, but I just think we just move on to number um, to number four. We can go to number four. But I think I need to take this for you Number three Is the number of resurrection Number three Is the number of resurrection Jesus rose from the grave On the third day First Corinthians 15 verse 4 Jonah was the belly of the whale for three days. And the whale vomited him out. Remember that? Praise the Lord. Jesus was crucified on the third hour. Jesus raised three persons from the dead. But this one is very interesting Let's look at John 19 verse 18 John 19 18, Where they crucified Jesus And two others with him On either side one And Jesus in the midst And Pilate wrote in the title there Put it on the cross And the writing was Jesus of Nazareth The king of the Jews Now this title Then read many of the Jews For the place where Jesus was crucified Was nigh to the city And it was written in Hebrew And Greek And Latin Number three now these were the three languages on the cross spoken as a perfect rejection by humanity to whom the gospel of the preached. As at that time, these were the three major languages. So what this is represented is saying, humanity as a whole rejected Jesus. And so humanity as a whole Must receive what? The gospel Praise the living God Are we there? Alright I think we can stop there and move on to number 4 Because I need to cover this Number 4 I may not go too deep on this But remember What we're dealing with You've shown number 3 Is that ok? What does number 3 speaks for? Perfection Equality, solidity, completeness, essentiality, if you will. Is that okay? Right. Perfection. That's number three. Okay, number four. We have four is a number that is used for universalness or for squareness. What I mean by that is universality is a number of the universe. Number four is the number of the universe. Right? Praise the Lord. Now, in Revelation 7, verse 1, for time you have the four angels that were to discharge, and the Bible tells us they are holding the four wings of the earth. You remember that? Four wings of the earth, so it speaks of universality. All right, again in Matthew 25, I mean, 24, for instance, verse 31. Matthew 24 31. The Bible says, He shall send His angel with a great sound of a trumpet, and they shall gather together His elect from the four wings from one end of heaven to the other. The four wings speaks of. The four quarters of the earth, universe, completeness, universality. Amen. All right. If you look at Ezekiel 7, verse 2, you find judgment that is going to come upon the four corners of the earth. Four corners of the earth. If you look at Ezekiel 14, verse 21, It talks about four types of judgments. Ezekiel for the twenty-one. They are famine, salt, wild beast, and pestilence. Four. Praise the Lord. In Revelation 21, verse 15, you have the new Jerusalem that is four square. Right It's four square The new Jerusalem is four square And that speaks of The universe What I mean is He's talking about All of the universe Represented As a four square Praise the Lord But now let's go to Genesis chapter 1 Let's read some stuff there And I'll do a little bit of explanation Genesis chapter 1, verse 14, for instance. And God said, Let there be lights in the firmament of the heaven to divide the day from the night. And let there be for signs and for seasons and for days and years. Let there be for lights in the firmament of the heaven to give light upon the earth. And it was so. And God made two great lights, the greater light to rule the day and the lesser night to rule the night. He made the stars also. And God said, I'm in the firmament of the heaven. To give life upon the earth. 18. And to rule over the day, over the night, and to divide the night from the darkness. And also that it was good. 19. And the evening and the morning were the fourth day. So the purpose of the light here was to give light, but also to divide the day from the night on the earth. And it becomes a basic demarcation of time. They also speaks of the side to separate of the days, the years, and seasons. So four speaks of the universe and seasons. Amen. The word season actually means appointed times. Times and seasons. So the times are seasons, the day and night, all of those things that we find, they were created on the fourth day of the creation week. That's why four is the universal number. Is that okay? Right. It speaks of the universe. All right. So, like I said, season from this passage, mod actually means appointed times. So, divine appointed moment. And then I find something very interesting also. If, um, for instance, that is Adam's wife, was mentioned four times in the Bible. Genesis chapter 3 We look at 20 Bible saying Adam called his wife name Eve Because she was the mother Of all living And this is very important Kabbal The mother Of all living Genesis 4 verse 1 Adam knew his wife Eve And she conceived A birkin 2nd Corinthians 11 verse 3 But I fear less by any means How the serpent beguiled Eve And then when you go to 1st Timothy chapter 3 I mean chapter 2 verse 13 For Adam was first formed then Eve So Eve was made sure four times Now why is this important? Because Eve in the world, that means the mother of all living. So it speaks of all humanity. Four is a universal number that speaks of all universe. I mean, all mankind. Praise the living God. All right. If you reason again, I will not have time to deal with that. But Genesis chapter two. Remember the river that flow out of Eden divided into what? Into four heads. Why is it so? If you take time to study scripture, the Bible talks about the river that break forth from the throne and then divided into four hands. And what that's supposed to mean when the, the young Greek ruler talked about following Jesus, he said, You come, how do you serve God? What you be? Well, all your mind, all your soul, all your strength. Are you understand that? The four compartment that means this river was meant to wash this dimension of your life. Out of its belly shall flow rivers of living water to wash all of this aspect of you. That is why the river is flowing and broke into four department. So your four compartments have to be washed by those rivers flowing from the throne of God. So universal number, number four. Are we there? Alright, so if you want to read that, you can read from Genesis chapter 2, and then take from verse number 10 Read through, you'll be able to see that Praise the Lord Are we there? Alright Look at another interesting thing that speaks about the universality of this number John chapter 19, verse 23 John nineteen twenty three. When Jesus was crucified, Bible said, "Then the soldiers, when they had crucified Jesus, took his garment, made four parts. To every soldier a part, and also his coat. Now the coat was without seam, woven from top to bottom. But how did they divide his garment? Four parts, meaning his life is to be ministered to." All mankind, are you seeing that? You see, the Bible says, Put it on the Lord Jesus, that means wear him as a garment. Are you following what I'm saying here? Right, so that is why they divided the garment into four parts because the message and his life is for all creation, universe, all mankind. So you see the mystery playing out So you read these things But you may not understand But by the time you begin to follow What we are dealing When you come across this You will be able to have The reason why certain things are done Why certain things are mentioned in the Bible Praise the living God Now God has Four essential witnesses with which he ministers to mankind Today And what are those witnesses on the face of the earth Miracles Wonders Signs and the gift of the Holy Spirit These are four essential witnesses That God is using on the face of the earth When he says you shall be my witness It is expected that you manifest through all of this I mean this thing manifests through you How many of you remember what happened When Moses went to Egypt? Miracles, signs, wonders Right? What was the excess? For people to know that there is a super human God Completely different from the gods in Egypt There is a divine God Different from the gods that they have in Egypt So, signs, wonders and miracles were performed For people to have that conviction So these are the witnesses of God on the face of the earth today What are they? Miracles, wonders, signs and what? The gift of the Holy Spirit I'll try to see if I can finish with this today. Ezekiel chapter one verse ten, the four living creatures. I want to say something about them. Number four. Ezekiel one ten. As for the likeness of their faces, talking about the cherubims. They have the four have the face of a man, the face of a lion, the face on the right side, and the forehead, the face of an ox On the left side, and the forehead, also the face of an eagle Now, these creatures were seen to be transporting the throne of God The wheel within the wheel Fury from the top I saw a wheel within a wheel, is that ok? And then the cherubim, the cherubim were, were, were responsible for this movement But then it was actually the movement Of God's throne upon the face of the earth Now this is Going to be a little bit deep now Are you with me? Can we go on? (laughs) Hallelujah Okay so now Go with me to Revelation chapter 4 We'll come back to this And verse number 6 Revelation 4 verse number 6 the Bible says before the throne there was a sea of glass Like unto Christa And the midst of the throne Around about the throne Were four beasts full of eyes Before and behind The first beast was like a lion Remember This is taken from Ezekiel Is that ok? Good So the first beast was what? Like a lion This is supposed that the reference here Is to the fourth. beast Signs or the four banners of the fourth division of the tribe of Israel as a camp in the wilderness. So the Jews, when they describe that, the face of the lion stands for Judah and is to the east with two tribes of Issachar and Zebulun. The calf or the ox was a sign of Ephraim who pitched to the west with two tribes of Manasseh and Benjamin. So you know, have not, you've wished. Then the face of the man you have the sign of Reuben who pitched on the south with the two tribes of Simon and Gad? Then the fourth face was like a flying eagle. And this, according to the writers, is the sign of Dan, who pitched on the north with the two tribes of Asher and Naphtali. So you look at the four beasts actually describing living creatures, not animals, represented. We are talking of redeemed creatures who carry the throne of God. Now you see the four mean these four quarters of the twelve tribe of Israel, you find that the throne of God was in their midst, meaning the tabernacle. Was at the center and the pit ran, The tabernacle So God ruling In the midst of the universe Is what it standing for Are you following what I'm saying now? So Israel was like the universe Represented And God was in the true Now it was this Israeli community In this four tribe Of the four emblems That were carrying God Wherever they go Are you following this? Okay. Now, we're going to finish with this. If you look at the four gospel accounts, we're talking of Matthew, Mark, John, and Luke, or Luke and John. It talks about the life and ministry of Jesus. Matthew speaks about the man, the face of the beast now. Or angel in human form Which is Christ, the son of David That's Matthew, the man Or an angel in human form, which is Christ, the son of David Mark speaks about the lion Also the suffering servant, if you will John speaks about the ego So let me make it simple for you If you talk about Matthew The face you see of Matthew is the face of the man When you talk about the gospel of Mark you're dealing with the lion The attribute of the lion Also the suffering servant of God Then when you talk about John You're talking about the ego One and only begotten Son of God the eagle. That is John. Then we look about Luke. You talk about the ox, the perfect man, but the body bearer also. The ox. Praise the living God. So this is what you find. By implication, now remember, we dealing with number four. So those four creatures you find in Ezekiel one ten. I mean Revelation 4, 6 They are represented in the four gospels Just like they were represented by the twelve tribes of Israel in the wilderness Now it tells you that the four beasts, as it were Is the medium by which God moves on the face of the earth so might you describe a man, the face of a man like I said, it also means that you, as it were, just like Christ was a human being, you are a human being, but in a different capacity. And in that aspect, you ought to be revealing God as a man. You reveal God as the Lion. As Jesus did You reveal God as an ego The spirit You reveal God as an ox The body bearer These four attributes Are the things that enables you To carry the throne of God In the world So God reveals himself through dimensions To creation Remember we are dealing with number four And number four is for number of what? The universe Let me give you this As a bonus You know in the world There is what we call gravity If you throw anything up It comes down Isn't it right The force of gravity The pull of gravity If you have your bicycle With two tires And you leave it without a stand It will definitely fall if you have your machine, it's you definitely need four. Is that okay? Now, if you want to balance, for instance, anything to agree with the world, you need four tires. That's why your vehicle has four tires because it agrees with the world so it can walk without being distracted. Even if you look at tricycle, though it's a little bit, but it's not as balanced as a vehicle because the tricycle has three tires. Instead of four So for you to have A balance in the world You need the four tires in your car Because four Represents the universe Are you following that Praise the living God And so again I want to say this If for instance God Is giving you administration Up to perhaps four times, Then there are certain Things that he's intending you to do Or to deal with Praise the Lord. If God gives you number four in your dream or in a vision, you need to go study what he's talking about. Amen? Why is he giving you that number? There must be something relating to what intends dawn which is actually that which pertains to the world. For me, there is a way you give me this number You are just intending me to preach to all mankind That's what you are telling me Because it's a universal number Are we together? Good It speaks of all humanity It's universal number Number four So I need you to get this sense. As you progress you'll be able to understand like when we get to number five you'll Be able to see how important number five is That's why you have five fingers I've said that several times The five fingers if you, if you lose any of this, you can't grip anything. That's why sin is a leper. It's, 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 it's regarded as leprosy. Is that okay? And every leper has no fingers or toes. That means you lose grace. When we get there, we'll be able to deal with that. And that's number five. So if God is speaking to you using these numbers, you should be able to understand what God is talking about. And when you are reading the Bible, You come across things that are repeating itself four times You should be able to know what God is talking about So what is number four? It's a universal number It's a number for seasons For all seasons in terms of demarcation They are not all of those things were made well On the fourth day of the creation week And the Bible tells us that as long as the earth remained seed and harvest. Night and day. And where did they get that? Are they coming from? Number four. Is a time of separation. Of demarcation. Of establishment. Of a universal code. That when you come to number four. You are talking about the universe. Praise the living God. Have I helped you tonight? Thank you. See you again next week.